You are listening to the Sermons Podcast of First Baptist Church, Mount Washington. Thank you, Will, for leading us in choir this morning. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 71 today. Psalm 71. Lord willing, we'll return to Romans 7 next week, and, and, uh, but I thought it might be appropriate to uh, consider this psalm on uh, this particular day uh, that we're thinking uh, about our senior adults. Uh, but I, I do think this message will be encouraging uh, to all of us uh, at any age, and uh, I hope and pray that it will be today. Psalm 71, as you're turning there, is an anonymous psalm, that is, we don't know who wrote it, uh, but from the uh, content, it was written by a believer who was facing some enemies, uh, some uh, challengings, and he needed the Lord's protection and help. And, and in addition to this, uh, by their own acknowledgement, they were greatly concerned about uh, the, the failure of their strength in old age and uh, being able to stand against uh, those enemies. He, he, this is a person who wanted to finish well and to be faithful to the end. So it's a, a beautiful and humble prayer. We're not going to look at the whole thing this morning. Uh, I just, I'm going to read the whole thing, but we're going to be just honing in on a few verses uh, as we're thinking about um, forsake me not when my strength is spent. Psalm 71. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You've given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I've leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I've been as important to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch for my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there's none to deliver him. O God... Be not far from me, O oh my God. Make haste to help me. May my accusers be put to shame and consumed with scorn and disgrace. May they be covered with who seek my hurt. But, but I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day. For their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You've done great things, O God. Who is like you? You've made me see many troubles and calamities. Will revive me again from the depths of the earth. You'll bring me up again. 
You'll increase my greatness and comfort me again. I'll also praise you with a harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I'll sing praises to you with a lyre, O holy one of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have redeemed, and my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long, for they've been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. Lord, thank you for these words of the psalmist, and we pray today um, as we open our, ourselves, Lord, to you and humble ourselves that you would speak to us, and I pray that you would use me as your servant. I pray that you would increase and I would decrease and your word would go forth. And I pray it in Jesus' name, amen. It was uh, Steve Lawson who noted that throughout biblical history that God has called many of his choicest servants to their greatest work in their latter years. And if you step back and think about some, many of the narratives and that, that uh, we see in the Bible, you see that, that truth bearing out. We think of Abraham who was 100 years old at the time of, of uh, Isaac's uh, birth and his wife Sarah, who was 90. We think of Moses, uh, who was 80 when God appeared to him at the burning bush and commissioned him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. We think of Caleb, uh, who was 85 years old when he, uh, they went into the promised land and fought for uh, the territory there. We think of the apostle John, who we think is somewhere maybe around 90 years old when God gave him the revelation that we read the last book of, of the Bible, and, and there are others. We don't often think that way, though, do we? We don't often think that God is going to use us greatly uh, in our old age, uh, but that's not the testimony of, of Scripture. One of the reasons we might think this way is because of what's happening to our bodies the diminishing of physical strength uh, that is taking place. Uh, the psalmist is concerned about this, isn't he? Verse 9, he gives reference to it. Do not cast me off in time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. Here's a seasoned saint, if you will, a warrior for God. By his own testimony in verse 5, he has trusted God all of his life. And now he's, he's in his old age, or perhaps approaching, he's still seeking divine help uh, for the enemies that he's facing, verses 10 and 11. He's, his enemies uh, perhaps assuming that because he was aging, and because his strength was waning, that God had abandoned him. But here, the testimony of this seasoned saint who turns to God as he had done so many times throughout his life. Verse 18, do not uh, cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is, is spent. And, and then he repeats it in verse 18. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me, he prays. It's interesting how old age is presented in the scriptures. And uh, I tell you, I think it runs counter to how our culture and time today perceives old age. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, Solomon gives a, a poetic picture of getting older. Though a poetic uh, might be a little bit of an overstatement, uh, that sounds more grand than I think it is, perhaps. 
Uh, but he writes this, in the day, he says, when the keepers of the house tremble. He's describing there your arms and hands. As we get older, we tend to, uh, we tend to shake a little bit more. He says, and, and the strong men are bent. Uh, knees, shoulders uh, grow weaker, more frail as, as we age. Bending, uh, bowing, uh, perhaps slumping. Uh, he says, the grinders cease because there are few. He's talking about there are your teeth. Um, we, we can be thankful for improved dental care and, and, and with, all along with other medical care, but, but, but still, that's a process that happens as we get older. Those who look through the windows are dimmed. He's talking about your eyes, uh, the windows of the body and, and, and mind. No one, uh, I, I don't think no one had glasses in Solomon's day. You just had to live with, uh, with blurry vision. I find myself having to hold uh, the book farther and farther away. Uh, which seems contradictory to keep this near my heart. Anyway, um, verse 4, And the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low. Uh, he's talking about our ears, right? Our hearing begin to, to struggling. Uh, and one rises up at the sound of a bird. Uh, uh, teenagers uh, sleep till noon, but some of you older folks get up with the chickens, so to speak, right? Um, and maybe it's because you have it, or maybe it's because you... Uh, you just don't sleep that well uh, anymore. It says, and, and all the daughters of song are brought low. Your, your voice uh, begins to weaken with age. Uh, it starts to quiver. You didn't perhaps sing as loudly or clearly as you once could. Verse 5, they're afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. We, we, we become uh, less eager to climb ladders, hopefully, uh, and, and to, uh, to stairways and so forth as we grow older. He says in verse 5, the almond tree blossoms. David Jeremiah asks, what tree blossoms when you get older? Your, your hair, right? It puts forth uh, white shoots. And so this is a pro tip, guys. Rather than informing your spouse of uh, nice gray hair, just say nice almond tree, honey, you see. It sounds much better. It's much more biblical. And uh, the grasshopper drags itself along, he writes. By, by summer's end, you know, grasshoppers are losing their hop, so to speak. Uh, they're more like uh, grass limpers at that point. Uh, desire fails. That may be a reference to intimacy, uh, and so I'll let you work that one out for yourself. Because man is going to his uh, eternal home. And the mourners go about the street. Now he's talking here about the unavoidable, what's coming, the funeral, the funeral procession. And he goes on, verse 6, before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bow is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is is Vanity. Overheard a group of senior, sweet senior ladies one time, and they were lamenting all of their struggles. And one woman was sharing with another about her arthritis and how it had uh, in her hands, and how she really couldn't use them very well uh, anymore. Another was lamenting about her her hip and and uh, replacements and knee, and she just didn't have the agility and strength in her legs that she once did. And another, how the cataracts had affected her sight and she just couldn't see as well. 
uh, as she once did. And then finally, I overheard one of them say, well, he, he said, we lost our hands, our legs, and our sight, but thank God we can all still drive, they said. <laughs> Amen. Well, there's no doubt that those physical and mental changes come, and, and try as we like, we can't stop those. Um, our bodies are not meant to last forever, right? Uh, but, but here's the bigger question, and this is the one I think the psalmist at least brings us to, to consider, at least a part of this psalm, is, is do we allow or are we allowing our discipleship to Christ and our zeal for seeking and advancing the kingdom of God, are we, allowing, are we allowing our age to slow that part of our life down? And I think this is where the challenge and temptation comes in. Uh, it's not just our physical limitations that threaten to cool down our love for the Lord and others, but, but this is at the same time the message of the world that's coming in because we're inundated I think from the very beginning of our careers to look forward to retirement. And uh, this is built up, and, and we look forward to that because retirement takes us out of the world of work. And, and it's an invitation, in a sense, to relax. It's an invitation to slacken the pace, to slow down, uh, to take it easy. And yes, for the Christian, the hope is that retirement would provide more freedom uh, to, and, and time to serve the Lord and, and the church. But, but what sometimes happens is that it ends up cooling your devotion and your service and your pursuit of Christ. I think that's why the psalm is such a good reminder and a fresh perspective. For those who know that their bodies are slowing down, uh, it, it ought to be the central focus of our minds and hearts to not let it slow us down spiritually. During this last two laps or last lap of your life, we should be cultivating maximum zeal for the Lord. Amen? This is what stands out, zeal. J.I. Packer defines zeal as priority, passion, and effort in pursuing God's cause. Perhaps the best statement on zeal is from J.C. Ryle, who wrote this. It's a little lengthy, but it's worth it. J.C. Ryle, zeal in religion is a burning desire to please God, to do His will, and to advance his glory in every possible way. A zealous man in religion is preeminently a man of one thing. It's not enough to say that he's earnest, hearty, uncompromising, thoroughgoing, wholehearted, fervent in spirit. He only sees one thing. He lives for one thing. And that one thing is to please God. Whether he lives, whether he dies... Whether he has health or whether he has sickness, whether he is rich, whether he is poor, whether he pleases man or whether he gives offense, whether he is thought wise, whether he is thought foolish, whether he gets blame, whether he gets praise, whether he gets honor or shame, for all this, the zealous man cares nothing at all. He burns for one thing. He cares not for it. He is content. He feels that like a lamp 
He's made to burn. And if consumed in burning, he's done the work for which God appointed him. Such a one will always find a sphere for his zeal. If he cannot preach, work, and give money, he will cry and sigh and pray. If he cannot fight in the valley with Joshua, he will do the work of Moses and Aaron on, and her on the hill, Exodus 17. This is what I mean, he says, when I speak of zeal and religion. Zeal. Now, I want to make a what I think is probably a pretty countercultural uh, statement, but I think one that is very biblical. We tend to think in the church that it is the young people who are the ones who uh, should lead us out and be the most zealous for God. But in the truth, uh, the truth, of, uh, I think, is that it is the senior adults who should be leading out in zeal for the Lord. Uh, those who have been following Christ for the longest of time, those who have tasted the, the goodness of the Lord the most in the, the course of, those who have been seasoned by grace and tempered by, by trials, they are to be the most zealous for God. Sure, memories may not be as sharp as they are. Yes, energy levels wane here and there. Strength will give way to weakness. But zeal for God and His kingdom should be increasing as we grow older. Wouldn't you agree? That's the pattern that's set forth here in the psalmist in Psalm 71. I think why it's encouraging and instructive to us. In a season of life when perhaps we feel like we are decreasing in every way. And when the world is telling us that we're decreasing. Uh, and all of these things weighing in. It reminds us that there are some things that we should be increasing in as we get older. What marks should be increasing? Well, there's at least two of them here. Uh, The first one I think we should be increasing in is humility as we age. Humility. I think that's the essence of his prayer in verse 9. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. Right? He, He begins with an acknowledgment that I'm not what I was. Uh, Luther wrote this uh, a long long time ago. He said, It would be a good thing if young people were wise and old people were strong. But God has arranged things better, he said. You go along for a big part of your life and your body and your mind, they're, they're keeping up with each other very well. You can tackle anything mentally and physically, but, but at some point for all of us, things begin to get out of balance, don't they? It, it comes with aging. For some, the body doesn't keep up with the mind. For others, the mind doesn't keep up with, with the body. I heard a man in the barbershop just a couple of weeks ago uh, when, when I was there, and he was talking. He said, uh, in my mind, uh, he said, I'm, I, in my mind, I'm 24 Uh, But in my body, I'm 72, he said. And we know what he was saying. Then he began to talk about how he's been climbing up on ladders and getting on top of the roof and doing all kinds of things that he probably probably felt like he shouldn't be doing. But there's a battle of pride there, isn't there? It's a a recognition that, that, that these things are happening. There's some honesty. There's some humility. The psalmist is right in being honest. He's acknowledging to the Lord. But, but the older, but the sense of it, this psalm is that the older that he is getting, the more that he is realizing that he must put his trust and, and hope in the Lord because the Lord is his strength. 
This is what God told Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So, so as we age, one of the markers that should be, we should look to be increasing in our lives, as everything else is decreasing, is our humility, our trust in the Lord. Pride is a lifelong battle in every season of life, amen? It is your greatest enemy. And so humility should become an ever more deeply seated attitude of those who are living at the disposal of God and for the, the service of others. Uh, Packer, once again, he writes this, real spiritual growth is always growth downward, so to speak, and a profounder humility, which in healthy souls will become more and more apparent as they age. Amen. Is your life marked by increasing humility? The second thing that I, I think is increasing here, and I couldn't find an exact word for it, but I just, just jot down the word devotion, uh, if you want to, or devotion and service. Because what strikes me about the psalmist's testimony in, in verses 14 and following, listen to what he says, but I will hope continually and will praise you yet what is the phrase he uses? More and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God I'll come. I'll remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. There, there seems to me two opportunities that the psalmist commits himself to at this stage of his life. First is kind of the worship and service of God, right? I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. And again, I, I want to push back a bit on the culture's agenda for your retirement. Everything is saying, now's the time to hit the brakes in your life. Now's the time to slow down. Now's the time to coast. Now's the time to idleness. Now's the time to be self-indulgent. And Satan will use that message in your life. He will use it to undermine. He will use it to diminish. He will use it to deflate your discipleship. But the attitude of the aging psalmist here is noteworthy. He, it seems to be that he's saying, rather, uh, this is a time to hit the gas right? To press on. It's in that phrase, more and more. As the culture is, is calling to you, less and less, the psalmist says, no, more and more, he says. More and more. What kinds of things? He's talking about worship. He's talking about a service to God. He's, he certainly is talking about his devotional life. He's talking about his commitment to grow in, in knowledge of the Scriptures and, and to know the God that he is putting all of his hope in, the God that he will soon meet. He's, he's focusing on this. There's always a temptation that comes with aging, I think, to think that perhaps you've learned everything there is to know. Uh, you know that's not true, Right? You haven't reached perfection or 
holiness in the Christian life. You haven't crossed the finish line. Paul said we press on. We forget what's behind. We press on toward what's ahead. So this is, this is not a time and season for idleness. It is a season of intensity. The longer we live, the more abounding our praise and worship and service to God will be. And so this comes from not just the pulpit, but from the church. Lead us on, seniors. Lead the way in this. Let your zeal come out for the Lord. Lead us in devotion to Christ and His Word. Do not give up. Amen, church? This is, uh, I wrestled with just preaching this particular text today, Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15. It says, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in, in Him. I would have entitled the sermon, Sappy Seniors. That's what you need to strive and I need to strive to be as we age. Those who are full of sap, he says, and green bodies, yes, showing signs of aging, but more and more spirits that are showing signs of life and bearing fruit and zealous for the Lord, flourishing, not floundering, growing in intensity and discipleship, not idleness, not stuck in the mire of, of, of the past, but reveling in the new life of Christ that is ever growing and blossoming as they get closer. The other opportunity the psalmist commits himself to is, is really more others-focused, the pastoral care and service to others. We glimpse it in verses 15 and 16. He says, My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I'll come. I'll remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. There's not just an intensity to, to devotion and to pray and to worship and study the Bible. Yes, but here's, here's an, an intensity to lead. It's an intensity to influence. It's an intensity to proclaim and to tell of the goodness of God. How many of us have been influenced significantly by godly grandparents who loved and lived uh, a life of faith? Or in the church, even, older men coming alongside younger men, older women coming alongside younger women to encourage, to instruct, to pray for. There are opportunities abounding in this work. Ladies, is there a, another lady or a recent empty nester that you could call and encourage and pray for her in that time of life? Men, is there a young man in the church that you could talk to today and, and encourage and see how you can pray for him? You can always send a note of encouragement. Our world is in short supply of encouragement today. You can always send notes of encouragement, of visiting someone in the hospital, someone who is, is lonely. It, it, there are opportunities to serve all around. This isn't a time to hit the brakes, but to be zealous 
And you have here, he says, both the experience and the motivation, almost done, verse 17. Oh God, from my youth you have taught me. And I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, don't forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. You've had all of this experience, he's saying, all through his life. You've experienced the goodness and faithfulness of God over many obstacles, many challenges. What experience, what encouragement you can bring to others. And the psalmist here is, Lord, strengthen me for this. For, for this and don't forsake me in my old age, but help me to speak of your goodness and faithfulness as long as you give me breath. What a testimony that he's, he's giving us. This is consistent with the New Testament as well. Paul compared the Christian life to running a race, didn't he? He spoke in 1 Corinthians 9 about running to win, living with that clear goal of Christ. He spoke of purposeful planning and thinking about how to train and how to pace yourself. And he spoke of a resolute concentration, if you will, making sure that he kept the main thing before him, pleasing God. He spoke of even giving maximum effort all the way uh, to the end. Th these are words I, I want to challenge you with today. If you are still breathing, if you are still here, yes, your body and mind may be slowing down. Don't let your zeal for Christ wane, church. Don't take on the less and less mindset of the world when it comes to your discipleship and devotion. Take on the more and more of Psalm 71. Think creatively. Use the strength that you have to serve the Lord. So ultimately, we can say with Paul, at the end of our race, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. I'm not sure I'll ever forget the meeting that I had uh, that day. An, old, an older deacon came to see me. He was in his 80s, and his health was declining uh, significantly. And he came and sat down, and he gave uh, me his testimony of 50 years of serving the Lord. He wasn't saved until uh, in his 30s. And um, he gave testimony to what Jesus had done for him, saving him from his sins. And he says, I committed my life to serving him. And in, he said, I could share story after story of you, for, of you, of, of the mighty deeds of God that he's done in my life. And as he sat there, tears began to flow down from his eyes. And, and then he started to weep loudly. And he said, I, I've come today because I just can't physically do the work of a deacon any longer. I just can't do it. And he wept. And he wept. And he told me, he said, you know, I, I'm doing some other things. I'm continuing to serve the Lord. I can, I'm serving here, and I'm, I'm serving there, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing, and he wept some more. And he said, I just can't faithfully fulfill being a deacon anymore. And I was sitting there, 
It, it was such an amazing picture and a time, and, and I couldn't help but think to myself, I wish more people were here hearing this. In this moment, hearing this, we, we make excuses, so many excuses in our busy lives as to why we can't serve when we're able, very able. And, and many of those in, in, in their prime, we, we choose other things, frankly, to give our lives to. But here's a man who's literally broken because he can't serve in the way that he once could. That time is, is coming quickly for all of us. And it's coming quicker than you think that it is. And it's why that the time that we have to serve the Lord is now. It's now. What, what are you giving your time and your energy and your resources to? What, what are you zealous for? Have you allowed the world to cool your zeal for God? May we all hear and strive for the more and more of the testimony of the psalmist here in Psalm 71. God, help us to do this. Father, we thank you so much. You have sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and rise again to give us eternal life. You've shown us such grace and mercy. Lord, and yet we often don't respond in ways that are fitting and appropriate. And Lord, we think about ourselves and, and sometimes even when we age, we're thinking about ourselves even more. And I, I pray that you would help us all to see the example of the psalmist here that as physical, mental capacities may be decreasing, Lord, that we would be increasing in our humility and in our devotion and service to you. I pray for our seniors that you'd continue to strengthen them. We are stronger because of their witness and testimony to us. And so may they lead us out in zeal in the worship and service of you. And those of us who are still in age of relative strength, Lord, that you would help us to see their example and and to give ourselves more and more to serve you. Do this work in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I'm Pastor Jason Clark. And if you don't have a church home, I want to personally invite you to First Baptist Mount Washington. We're striving to be word-centered, gospel-focused, and community-minded. Learn more about our church and our meeting times from our website, fbcmw.org.